Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Episode 297 is Episode 145, Tips for Living on an Extremely Tight Budget. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are bringing you a rerun from one of our most popular episodes, Tips for Living on an Extremely Tight Budget, which I would say would be on an extremely tight income. Mm -hmm. But those things are sometimes interchangeable in colloquial conversation. It's amazing how many people really wanted an episode like this. And truly, it was something that I would have wanted, too, when I was experiencing feeling really, really pinched financially. So I'm glad that it's been well listened to, well loved, happy to bring it back out of the archives again for you all. And I hope it's helpful. Yeah. I mean, and definitely, we don't advocate if you are able to to spend money, we don't advocate for extreme deprivation and race to the bottom spending. This is really an episode for living on, if you have to spend time living on one income or you're trying to pay off debt and you don't have a really large income. And that's, that is debatable to like what is large, what is low. It can be different for everyone depending on where you live, how many people are in your family, yada, yada. So, or, or even like how big your expenses are if you're living with a chronic illness. There are so many factors. But if you interpret what your income is to be quote unquote tight or low, then I think you'll find some good principles in this episode. It may not be exactly what you're looking for, you know, like eating rice and beans and stuff, but we think it's very helpful. And you'll hear us talk throughout, but one of the main things we also want to highlight is that this is not a place to hopefully set up camp. If you continue Mm -hmm. listening to the Frugal Friends podcast, we're going to be your cheerleaders to find ways of increasing earning potential, of course, ways of cutting bills, but sometimes we can get to a point where there just is not enough money to pay for the things that just we need the necessities. And when that's happening, that's not a place we want to live long term. And we want to be helpful 
helpful in identifying some alternatives that this doesn't have to be a long-term lifestyle. But first, this episode is brought to you by emergencies. They happen several times a year, yet we are still shocked and bummed every time they happened. Thankfully, most emergencies are minor, but some are big. And thankfully, you don't have to be shocked and bummed by those big emergencies if you have the right insurances. So don't worry if you're missing them. They're so important that states often require them. (laughs) But You do have options when insuring yourself against emergencies, and you should be comparing those options about once a year. So we like Policy Genius for that. It's an insurance marketplace, not an insurance company. Uh, So if it's time for you to compare rates on home or auto insurance, visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash PG to compare rates in the insurance marketplace over on Policy Genius to see if you're getting the best rate and uh, you will support the show at no extra cost to you. Love it. I just, I am doing that. I started the process with Policy Genius this week because Mm -hmm. my car insurance is through the roof and I'm not having it. Once a year. It's always Mm -hmm. good once a year to check your important, often required insurances to see if you're getting the best rate. So, all right. If you are feeling stressed about your income, your budget, and you want more encouragement, inspiration, practical tips, we have almost 300 episodes at this point. But some of the ones that are going to be most beneficial for you, a few of the interviews we think that will be most inspiring and helpful to you are episode 179, paying off $33,000 of debt by living on half of your income with El Martinez. And then episode 155 is a replay of our interview with budget girl Sarah Wilson and how she paid off $38,000 of debt on an extremely low income. That one was so popular. We re-aired it in episode 155. So that's one I would definitely, definitely Mm -hmm. check out. She is very inspiring, mm-hmm. and uh, we love her a lot over here. Yeah, Sarah Wilson's just a good one to follow too. If this is your mm-hmm. life circumstance, you know we're not the only ones with things to say or tips and resources. So check those people out as well. But Absolutely. let's just get into this episode. Mm. This next article comes from Caroline Vensel. Caroline and her family of five lived on $17,000 a year. They were a family of four at that time, but now they're a family of six, and they still only live on one income. But for a very long time, Caroline was a teen mom, and they lived on her husband's $17,000 a year income, which I think, Jill, that was, I mean, similar to your income at one point. (laughs) Yeah, I got Eric's permission, Eric's my husband, to share. I I asked him just before this episode, I'm like, hey, we're talking about living off a low income. Can I share this? And he's like, yeah, totally. But thanks for asking. And this is pretty recent for us, too. In 2018, our take-home pay was Mm $18,000. So when I say I can commiserate with the pinch and the difficult Like, I mean it. And thankfully, we had a place to live and we had food and we were provided for. And it was not easy and it required creativity and all of the things. But when we say like, yeah, we get it. We've been there. Like, we're not saying we get it. We've been there. Like, we've made 50, 60 grand a year. Like, 
thousand dollars in 2018 take home pay. So I can relate to a lot of the things that Caroline mentions in this article. And I think, yeah, can also comment on some of the things that worked for us. We did not thankfully stay in that place. So fast forward to 2021, and we are bringing in a lot more money than that. And a lot of that took intentionality and took a lot of different efforts on our parts to not stay in that place. So that's another piece that I think we're going to talk about on this episode today of are there ways to not stay in this place? Mm -hmm. We understand some of the different dynamics that would lead us to be in a place where we are living below the poverty level, but also shifting mindset, finding opportunities, honing in skill set to not continue to find ourselves in this place year after year. And again, Mm -hmm. that looks different for everybody. And I'm not saying that you have to aim at being a millionaire or even making six figures, But living below the poverty line is not a place that we want to set up camp. Yeah, exactly. But Caroline goes into detail about the things that she and her family did while they were living on $17,000 a year to make it through those multiple years that they had to do that. So the first thing that she goes over is they had to prioritize. And so this one is really really important. What needs to happen? Do you need a new car or is the one you have doing just fine? You just like a new car or even smaller. Do you need the full price brand name products or can you go for the generic or maybe even make it yourself? So there are a lot of things or even I would go and step further and be like, do you really need the products that you are buying or can you skip a week, skip a month or do without, get creative and skip it? Caroline says, we learned pretty quickly that if we wanted to splurge, we'd need to plan ahead for it. So, but if splurging meant that our grocery budget would take a hit, we would opt for a night of frozen pizza and Netflix. So I think that's, it's really important to point out that you don't have to be living on rice and beans, beans and rice, like you can have little treasures, but A, you have to plan ahead for them and budget for them. And B, they have to be proportionate to the income you have coming in. You know, Mm -hmm. a night at Carabas may not be in your best interest in this season of your life. And it's different for everyone. The things that people tend to get tripped up on are different for everyone. So You just have to be aware of, okay, what are the things that I like that I'm overspending on? And how can I still incorporate them into my life, but do them for cheaper, less expensive? Yeah. And the next one, I think it connects with the prioritizing aspect, and that is live below your means. Okay. So I just, I need to pause here because I know that that, like, even inside me, it gives me this, like, cringe defense mechanism, Uh like, pops up of, like, what are you talking about? Live below my means. If I'm making $18,000 a year, $20,000 a year, like, no, this is not possible. And so, yes, I want to acknowledge that. So depending on where you find yourself mm-hmm. in on an extremely low income, what that means for you in the area that you're living. But I still want to highlight this concept of not approaching it from, what all can I buy? But where can I cut? 
and recognizing that sometimes, okay, so I'll speak for myself. When in this place of being very tight financially, whether it was making 18,000 in a year or maybe 30,000 in a year, it doesn't matter. It all felt pretty tight to us. I had this idea in the back of my head, like, this is so difficult. This feels like such a pinch. Like, I deserve something here for all my hard work, for like how much I've sacrificed, Mm -hmm. for how little I actually get to have in life. And that would mean that sometimes I would blow my budget on certain things. And this is, I know that a lot of financial people will talk about cutting coffee and everyone's like, that's not going to make you rich. It's like, no, it's not. But for when we're living on extremely low incomes, that can quickly derail a budget. If we are thinking that we're just going to treat ourselves in this way or that way, or it might lead us to a mindset of making payments. And so we might get a nicer car than what we can actually afford because we're just making payments payments. And so recognizing where our mindset is at and shifting to a mindset of how can I approach this as if I'm going to spend less than what I'm bringing in. And even if you can afford, even if you do get a little bit extra money that you weren't anticipating, instead of maybe going out for a nice dinner, that might mean how do I put this aside for savings or how do I pay off a bill? Again, it's not easy. It's not a place that we want to live for a really long time, but I think approaching it in in this way and also approaching it in a way of how do I not stay here can help us make those sacrifices along the way if this isn't forever. Mm-hmm. And, and that's another thing we want to emphasize that it shouldn't, your mindset shouldn't be, I'm going to live on a low income forever. Even if you are in a job or a position that is historically low paying, that doesn't mean that you have to be living on a low income forever. Jill is in a profession that is historically low paying. Social work. Right. I'm just going to call it out. I'm a social worker. Yeah. And still prioritized increasing her income. And so this is a big mindset aspect to this too. You are living on a low income right now, but you are not a low income person. Mm-hmm. This is separate from you. And so this is a season that you are in in life. And I think even when you start to separate yourself from that mindset, it becomes easier to actually live below your means because you're you're living below your income's means, not necessarily living below your means like it's like it's forever. Because mm. when you think it's forever and when you see no way out, that's when you start to overspend on three, four, six, eight dollar purchases Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you need something to hold you over, something to reward yourself Mm -hmm. because you see no way out of this low income trap. But when you start to separate yourself from this and start to put your attention and focus on getting out of that and just seeing this as the season that it is, you can say, okay, I can give up all this stuff for however long it takes because I won't be here forever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so we're going to be weaving in some of these mindset shifts along with tangible tips. Mm -hmm. The next one on this list is a more tangible tip of what do we do when we are in those places of low income? And maybe it's going to be a few years before we do even see a way out. Mm -hmm. Shop only discount. Nearly make this a rule across the board for yourself. Absolutely. So if you need clothing, you need some furnishings, you need, you name it, secondhand. 
Mm-hmm. So Goodwill, go to Facebook Marketplace. Of course, we are only talking necessities. Like my shoes are completely worn out. I need a new pair of shoes. Goodwill. Mm-hmm. And again, these are tips for extremely low income earners. Remember, this is this is who we're talking to right now. That these are the spots that you need to be going to. Find a discount grocery store. And if you don't have one in your area, look for buy nothing groups, look for farmers markets, look for swaps. Like what do they call those where you can like work at a farm and also take home some of the produce? Like co-ops. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Find a co-op. Find a way to cut, cut, cut your grocery bill. If you've not found, if you've not done Aldi yet, yes, Aldi is your best friend. Mm -hmm. And so are buy nothing groups, discount grocers. Yeah. And of course, scratch and dent places. So, you know, this is definitely getting into some more like if you own your home and appliance breaks, holy smokes, scratch and dent if you actually need to replace something or build up skill sets, problem solving, YouTube DIY fix it yourself is also your best friend. <laughs> Look into fixing that thing first or figuring out how to go without or check your buy nothing group for the thing that you need before you jump to purchasing or replacing. I would say wash your clothes by hand before you move to how do I buy this new washing machine. Mm-hmm. When we are living bare bones, our mentality needs to be bare bones. Absolutely. At that point, with the focus on how do I not stay here? Mm-hmm. Tell them about your uh, your scratch and dent appliance. Oh, yes. Uh, so Eric and I just moved into a home. We were able to purchase a home this past year. And the fridge needed replacing. And so we went to Sears Outlet has scratch and dent. So let's look for one in your area if this if you're in need of this. But there's a big old dent on the front door of this fridge. And so we got like a 60 to 70% discount off of what this refrigerator would normally be. And so I just, so we bought it because there's nothing else wrong with it other than cosmetics. And I just got a magnet chalkboard for the front of it. And now it also forces me to meal plan. So (laughs) you don't even notice the dents anymore. I put up this black magnet. I meal plan. So it's like a win-win-win across Mm -hmm. the board because now I'm more planful with what we're going to eat, which also helps me to save money. And I got a really dope appliance for super inexpensive. I love that story and I love your refrigerator. And (laughs) one more thing on shopping discount and secondhand. Thrift stores are not just for clothes. You can get almost anything from a thrift store. And thrift stores aren't your only way to get secondhand stuff. I love mm-hmm. shopping eBay. We got so so much stuff. And I almost love eBay more than thrift stores because it takes a long time for me to search in a thrift store. I don't love shopping, so I don't love searching for things in thrift stores. But if there's something I know I need, and then I can instantly go on eBay and search for it secondhand, and it comes up, Mm -hmm. and I get it. Like, we did this recently. We bought a sleep sack for when Kai was an infant um, to help him sleep through the night, and it was $40 new. It was $30 at our baby consignment shops. Found it on eBay for $20. So Mm -hmm. I love eBay for that when you need to buy something that is hard to find at a thrift store, still 
look for it secondhand first mm-hmm. because literally there's almost nothing that we buy firsthand now. And I want to point out like Jill and I still do these things because these are yeah. habits we cultivated when we didn't make a lot of money. So if you adopt these habits now, later on you can pick and choose what you want to take with you and it's going to free up so much of your income later on. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet, finance smarter. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Mm -hmm. And connected with this, again, I want to highlight that if you're living on an extremely low income, purchasing items is not something you should be doing often. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so true. And this this ties in with the next tip, which is rethinking necessities. When you're living on a low income, you are really focused on the basics. Transportation to your job so that you can make money. Mm-hmm. Food, shelter, bills. That's it. And if that sounds tough, yeah, (laughs) it is. Yeah. And it is a reason and a motivator to be creative and look for ways to not stay at an extremely low income. But while you're there, you need to be rethinking necessities. So this means even down to paper towels. Do I really need to buy paper towels or can I be using rags? Can I be making use of reusable items? Do I really need to be buying detergent for a month? Caroline gives us an example, $15 for detergent for a month versus $12 to make your own for the whole year. And she has a link to how to do that, how to make your own detergent. So this is the type of mentality that we need to be taking on of how can we reuse, how can we DIY, how can we make our own, and how can we make spending and buying things outside of transportation, food, 
shelter bills, very, very minimal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this, like, might sound like, uh uh-uh, no, I don't make a lot, but at least I make something. I'm not destitute. I need to have, like, some luxuries. But if your focus is on bettering your life, bettering your financial situation, which I assume it is because you're listening to this podcast, you're interested in it, Mm -hmm. you're interested in doing better, then these are things that you're only going to be doing for a little time, like a Mm -hmm. short amount of time, maybe Mm -hmm. a few years. And that seems like a long time while you're going through it. I understand. Two years seems like forever when you're in Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not that long. Mm -hmm. So if you are, and it can be, it can be really ego deflating when you don't have enough money and you're living like trying to, you know, wash your clothes without a washing machine. Like that sounds deflating. Mm -hmm. But if you separate yourself from the situation and from what you are doing and realize you're not doing it because you have to, you're doing it because you're bettering your situation. This is what you have to do right now to do that. Then it becomes mentally a little easier. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you can't have any joy or fun in the midst of this either. It's not as if, oh, I can't spend any money, so I just need to be downtrodden. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of free things that you can enjoy. And so go on walks, find beauty in your surroundings, get together with friends in a way that doesn't cause you to have to spend money. There are still things that you can do. It just really needs to be with the mindset that this this needs to not cost financially. It needs to not cost me anything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then I like that she says, hand-me-downs will be your way to upgrade. Yes. We do this. If I like... With my office chair, I was sitting at a dining table chair uh, and then (laughs) found a chair, actually found it on the side of the road in front of my friend's house. So I knew where the chair came from (laughs) and upgraded that way and then upgraded to a little better chair found on Facebook Marketplace. So like the first upgrade was free, but I did pay for the second one. So it's, yeah, upgrades don't necessarily have to be new. Yeah. This was my lifesaver. It was amazing, Jen. Like how many, <laughs> um, how many really cool things Eric and I had, even in our times of living financially below the poverty line, because we would get hand-me-downs, pick up things on the side of the road, find free stuff, you name it, or fix something up that somebody didn't have any use for anymore and just had some really cool stuff. And I got to say, I had a rule for myself. Like we did not buy anything, even if I needed new, I mean, I didn't ever really need new clothes, but you know, I would never buy new clothes. I wasn't doing those things, but I would somehow still get new things because friends were cleaning out their closets and they always knew to like ask me if, if I wanted to dig through it. Cause I always did. So uh, shout out to Chelsea. I guess so much of my wardrobe <laughs> was given to me from my friend Chelsea. And that was fun too. And yeah, a great way to be able to make use of other people's things that they might be getting rid of. And Caroline talks about paying people for their old stuff. That's great if you can afford it. But if people just know that, hey, before I take something to the thrift store, like 
maybe I'll check with so-and-so and see if they want it. Like, mm-hmm. go for it. Let your friends know that, hey, let, let me know before you're getting rid of your clothes or your such and such. Like, I'd be interested to pick through it. If that's not too ego deflating for you, yeah. that was something that was super helpful for Eric and I. Yeah. But if you are in the mindset you're a frugal person, not a charity case, like you can be like, mm-hmm. hey guys, I love the free stuff. Let me know what you're getting rid of instead of like, oh, I really need this. And and right. so that's more deflating. But mm-hmm. you're listening to this show. You're a frugal person. You love free stuff. So, yes. so let your friends in. know it. Yeah. Yes. Live in this. Did you have anything else, Jill? Because we have to, there's so many good things in this article, yeah. but we do have to move on to the next one. I just like the tip of just make your own everything. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good way to shift some things and a tangible tip when you're living on a really low income of what can I make? Can I make my own snacks? Can I make my own bread? Can I make my own laundry detergent? Do I have to have like soap, body wash, shampoo, bar soap, conditioner? Like, Mm -hmm. Or can I just have like a one thing for all of that? So just really, really paring down on the essentials and even cutting bills, find out where you can cut your bills. And then beyond that, okay, the things that I do need, can I make it myself? These are the places that are really going to hone in our budgets. Yeah. And then last thing that I'm going to say is her very last paragraph is accept that this is where you are. So Mm -hmm. this was the biggest factor for them. They had to stop trying to live. Well, I'll just read it. We had to stop trying to live above our means and just accept that we didn't have the money to spend like other people did. By accepting this, we were finally able to stop working against ourselves and reach our goal. And she says, if you're constantly looking for the next bigger, better thing, life is going to be hard. The sooner that you accept this as your life, the better. Once you're content right where you are, you can actually start to enjoy this life that you live. Mm. So, and that doesn't mean that she stayed where she was. She makes a lot more money now, but this is where they lived for several years with children mm-hmm. and that they were even able to buy a house on this income. So yeah. they live in a low cost of living area, but it is totally in your capabilities mm-hmm. to live here and to progress from here. And I would encourage anyone interested in taking a deeper dive, check out this article. She also talks about some of the things she wished she had done on a low income that were available to her, but she didn't even know about it. Mm -hmm. So if you are in this place and you're kind of like, what other options do I have? What walls can I be pushing on? She talks about different side hustles that she wished she would have gotten into, certain DIY things she wished she would have done to cut costs, particularly as a mom on a low income. So definitely check her out. Yes. So our next article is a little transition from how to live on the low income, and it's to how to pay off debt on a low income. And so that is going to look, it's it's going to look so different for everyone. And I'm not saying that paying off debt should be your ultimate goal if you're on a low income, but it is certainly not collecting debt. Absolutely. You should not be be doing that. But sometimes you're at a place where paying off debt isn't right. You just need to get current. Like our recent conversation with Lydia Sen, she was talking about the baby step nobody talks about is like getting current. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that takes some time. 
So that may be where you're at. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as you work on getting better, then maybe paying off debt is your goal. So this one is from YNAB or youneedabudget.com. And it's going through somebody's budget who wants to pay off $26,000 of debt with a $35,000 per year income. Mm -hmm. So you can see big difference where Caroline was making $17,000 and this couple is making $35,000. So... What did you think, Jill? Mm -hmm. I like this article because it gives you real-time examples of where is the money going? What is the plan? Mm -hmm. And not that this is going to look like everybody's situation by any means, but it does give us some ideas of how we can go about tackling this. Because, And the reason we're including this in this particular episode is because this is a reason for a lot of people to not pay off debt of, I don't make enough money. And so we're kind of kind of pushing back on that a little bit to say, well, maybe you can't pay off six figures of debt in five months while you make a $35,000 a year salary. But what can be done and what creative ways can we be looking at this? So I I like the real-time example of here's how much money they bring in. This is where the money goes. This is the plan for how they're going to do this. One of the things that stood out to me in just looking at their budget is where they really cut back extremely. Mm-hmm. However, and the article does highlight this, it is for a time. This is not for forever. This is for a season to be able to get out of debt quickly. So they made some drastic life changes from extremely limiting entertainment, if not having nearly zero in entertainment. I mean, they are paying for like Netflix and Hulu on this example budget, but there's no gifts. There's no presents. There's no vacation. There's no birthday parties. Like, And that is extreme. And that seems like bah humbug type stuff. Mm-hmm. However, they continue to highlight it's for an 18-month period. They're not going to forever and always not do Christmas presents, birthday presents, no vacation. It is for this time so that they don't have to stay in this rut of making a low income and having the burden of debt. So cutting back really extremely for a season. Yeah. This article was super convicting to me because I had a $35,000 income before I met Travis and I had $50,000 of debt. And I thought, I will be in debt forever. There's no way I can get out of this. $35,000 is too low. And to see a budget that has this couple paying it off in 18 months and realizing I could have done it in three years. Mm. Like I could have done it in three years and I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. I, and when I say that, I'm like, man, there. how many other people are out there making $35,000 and in the same place I was? And if you're really like gung-ho about it, you could be done in three years, not forever. And part of that was like, I didn't want to waste the rest of my 20s paying off debt. But then I was like, three years from then, I would have still been in my 20s. Yeah. So it's just, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Your mind will say, you can't do this. Like, Mm -hmm. this is impossible. It's too big. But the numbers say it's possible if you follow the numbers. Mm -hmm. 
I make no mistake, this is bare bones. It does. This is small. Yeah. <laughs> there's like, there's little things that are laughable on this budget. Like why spend, you know, they have both Netflix and Hulu, but yet they're cutting out like so many other things. Like they've only got $10 for medical expenses. And so I'd be like, well, cut out at least one of those <laughs> TV yeah. subscriptions. And then it's also funny. They have his and her spending. His spending is a bit more than her spending. So I don't know about this. What are their names? Jenny and Aaron. But um, yeah, a good example of kind of, all right, where can we put this money? Certainly their mortgage is very low. Their water and electric bill are very low. So certainly this is dependent on what your particular expenses are, how much money you're bringing in. But to show you, ultimately, my takeaway on this is this is bare bones. We've got to go so bare bones and we've got to get really creative on how to cut to be this bare bones. And I think it goes back to Caroline's article of they're probably DIYing a lot. They've really cut their grocery budget. They're definitely eating at home a lot. They are not going out. They're not doing any of the extras. Um, They're Mm -hmm. not spending money on gifts or presents or even any version of luxury items for themselves, including just a small coffee. It's not happening in this budget. Yeah. Some of the things that we can get into the nitty gritty on this. So like they have two $13.50 paychecks per month. Health insurance and retirement contributions are withheld, so they don't appear in the budget, as well as some 401k loan payments are also withheld. Something that I found really interesting in the budget is that this couple is giving to charity every month mm-hmm. in like significantly. They're giving $300 a month to in tithing and other charitable donations. And so this is something that they have prioritized. Like you can see everything else. There's no, like no birthdays, no anniversary, no date nights, no like gifts, no nothing. And then, but $300 to charity. So there is even room in this budget for wiggle room if that's not something you're going to do as much. So it's not like they're maxing out their budget on just their bills. Like mm-hmm. there is there is room in this budget. Something else that did stand out to me is that they are setting aside money monthly to kind of go into a pot for different spending. So the one thing is weekend fun. Mm-hmm. So they are putting $10 a month aside for weekend fun. So that certainly doesn't mean that they're having weekend fun every weekend. That means maybe once a quarter, they've got 40 to 50 bucks to spend on a weekend, or you do small things here and there, but that there is still small amounts of money that they are setting aside that they can pull from that would be minor luxuries, minor rewards in this process. So I think that is something worth considering, even setting aside a few bucks here and there that you can utilize for those times when you really do need just a little bit of a pick-me-up for all of the work and sacrifice that you're putting in. Yeah. Well, I I think it's essential while you're paying off debt. Mm -hmm. I recommend that people create milestones within their debt payoff and have it be a milestone you can reach at least every other month to every three to four months. And you're saving every month. And then when you hit those milestones, you get a reward that's proportionate to the milestone 
that you're hitting and Mm -hmm. you take it from that fund. So then again, you're planning for it in advance. Mm -hmm. It's also something that you're working towards. You know it's on the horizon. And so you work towards it to get to it maybe a little faster Mm -hmm. because you really want whatever that reward is. Mm -hmm. So it's essential to be doing something like that. But when you plan for it, it stops being one of those things that, oh my God, I'm so bored. I haven't done something in so long. Let me spend $40 to do this. And then you bust your budget and you feel guilty. And it starts being something like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to do that. It's $40. I can't wait to do it. And then you do it and you feel good about it. Mm -hmm. And you spend the money and you feel good about it. Yeah. I also like with this example of paying down debt on a low income is the process then that they lay out. So not just the budget that they're going to be working off of, but a plan of action. Mm -hmm. And so they first describe how they're going to pay off two credit cards with savings, followed by using a little bit of the extra savings to pay down a final credit card, moving into focusing on the fourth credit card with the payments that they're going to make monthly, which moves into using a work bonus to pay off the credit cards, then work bonus and snowballing, your monthly payments to pay down the car loan. Like it's actionable steps going in consecutive order of one another. Yeah. So they've even said like, here's what we're going to do from now until the end of the year. Here's what we're going to do the first three months of the new year. Here's what we're going to do through the summer. And it's kind of laid out in this way which I think is a really great plan of action. In this person's example, they're apparently getting a $3,000 bonus. So I know that that's not everybody's reality. That's what they're able to work with. Mm -hmm. But again, all of our situations are different and what works for one is not gonna work for another. However, we utilize all these examples to say, what is your story? And where can you utilize creativity? Where might you have something that other people don't have that you can use to your advantage to get out of debt? or to reach a savings goal, or to increase your income. You know, I know for me, I often use the example of living in really non-traditional housing that we house sat for a little bit. We lived in a trailer. I know that that cannot be everybody's circumstances, but I'm going to keep highlighting it in case it works for somebody, but also to recognize there is wiggle room for creativity here. There are ways that we can say, mm-hmm. well, is there a non-traditional path that I can take that will help me get out of this very difficult circumstance? So anyhow, all that to say, it is good to have a plan and it is good to kind of put it in consecutive order of once this is done, what comes next? What's our plan for how we're going to get there? And then as you mentioned, Jen, celebrate. You know, After you've done and accomplished each one of these steps, do something small. It doesn't even have to cost you anything. You can do something for free, but mm-hmm. give yourself these little rewards as you accomplish each one of these steps along the way. Absolutely. And then the last thing I want to point out about the strategy is that it emphasizes putting the focus on one thing at a time. Mm. When you are trying to dig out of a big hole with a little shovel, that hole can feel overwhelming. All you see is the big number and you say, I can't do this. And so what the key is, is to focus on one thing at a time, one financial goal at a time, one milestone at a time, and just work towards that one milestone and ignore the bigger number Mm -hmm. and say, okay, I may not get to it, 
but I'm going to get to this one. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then maybe after I do that, I take a break for a month or something. And then I get right back on track and I work to the next milestone to the point where I'm not taking any more breaks anymore. I'm just keeping going and going and going. Mm -hmm. But focusing on one thing at a time is a powerful psychological tool to make big breakthroughs. Mm -hmm. So that's the last thing I liked about this. But you know what else is a big breakthrough? And something I, I like to move on to. The Bill of the Week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Hey, Frugal friends. My name is Ellie here in Israel. Well, I actually got a promotion at my job, and my husband and I decided that we were going to celebrate. Later that night, we were getting ready, and I randomly found $21 bills just laying next to my bed. Uh, It was a little random just because we haven't used U.S. currency in the past about two years. But that's okay. Uh, I'll I'll take it. That ended up going towards our date night. So we didn't have to dip into our date night fund, which was totally amazing and made me extra happy that day. Anyways, you ladies keep up the good work. Thanks. Oh my gosh. What a gift from the universe. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) I love finding money. That wasn't expected. But how great. There's so many layers in this one that you were about to go celebrate a promotion congratulations that's what we hope for on this frugal journey but then even that your celebration didn't really have to cost you anything because of this nice gift of u.s dollar bill currency that Mm. you found what a way to just enjoy a night together and celebrating growth in your life Congratulations, we are so Ellie. stoked for everything in your life right now. And yeah, we hope 2021 brings you more promotions and more date nights and more random money. <laughs> I wish that for everyone listening. For to everybody, this. random money. Yes. <laughs> you get you get a money. You get a money. <laughs> Not for me though. You find a money. You find a money. <laughs> well, if you find a money, please visit us at frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill and tell us about it. Yes, we want to hear it. We want to hear about the money you found, the money you spent, the money you saved, all of it. Yeah, especially the money you saved and found. Yes, yes. And the money you spent if it's on paying down your debt. True. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. 
NerdWallet, finance smarter. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features, but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Now it's time for the lightning round. Which turns into a song somehow. Always. So, Jill, you came up with... Did you come up with this lightning round? No, you no, I did. <laughs> I forgot you proud of yourself. I, well, well <laughs> I forgot. I didn't write the last lightning round to the last minute, and I didn't remember writing this one. I wrote these outlines last week, so that's where my head is at. But it's a good one. I'll brag on mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. We are sharing the key to bringing yourself out of the low-income trap. So as two people who have lived on relatively low incomes, like I won't lie, like $35,000 isn't super low, you know, but it's not average. <laughs> so um, it felt, so even though it wasn't as low, now that I know more people who have actually lived on low incomes, when I was living in it, it felt low. Mm. And compared to my parents and my parents' friends, it was low. So low isn't always a number. Low income isn't always a number. It's a state of mind Mm. a lot of the times. Yeah, it can be relative. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we can look back and think, man, that that was really low compared to where I am now. Or, oh, wow, I could have actually done more with that because it wasn't Mm -hmm. as low as I thought, which leads me to my tip, which is mindset shift, where I think in getting out of this low income trap, I think this is a big component. It might not feel as tangible as we want it to feel. And I talked about this in a previous episode too. I think like mindset shifts we need to make that I would often tell myself, like my internal narrative was, I'm never going to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I'm a social worker. My husband works for himself. Our income is irregular and we are always going to be quote unquote poor. Granted, I have always recognized and hope that I continue to recognize that we have amazing family and friends that we've not experienced homelessness. Uh, Although some people might have considered me living in a vehicle to be that. (laughs) Perspective. Uh, 
Yeah, perspective. But this thought that I'm never going to make a lot of money, that was keeping me stuck. It meant that then I wasn't working towards anything beyond that because I was just like, I'm just poor. And sometimes I viewed myself as a charity case. Like, well, yeah, people should give me free stuff. Or if somebody gives us dinner, thank you. Like, I need that. And and I did, granted. But it kind of kept me in this place. And when I started to make the shift and started to realize, oh, this isn't a place that I need to set up my tent, Mm -hmm. that I need to live out of, that really shifted some things for me that, yes, I'm still a social worker. I'm still living in the field. I didn't switch to being a lawyer suddenly, but I am making more money and it is possible for me to make more money. Whether it is, I mean, even maintaining my social work job, but maybe doing some side hustles of things that I enjoy or looking to cut expenses in ways that I didn't think was possible, you name it, mindset shift has been a huge one for me that it doesn't have to stay in this place. And it doesn't mean that I have to change what I do or what I love to make more money. Because I know that's a big thing too for people in low income careers like social work or teaching or any kind of human service profession. It's like, I make a low income, but I love what I do. Or, you know, you're not going to be able to pull me away from these kids or this population. I get it. But that doesn't mean that you need to be devalued in your financial earnings. It doesn't mean that you have to stay there. And that is like the banner over you for the rest of your life. You can stay in the work that you're doing and find creative ways, whether it is in side hustles or whether it is equipping yourself further so that your income potential grows. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah, I mean, I can't say much more than that. But again, I think my answer is also mindset shifts. When I think of the biggest things that I have done to specifically earn more income, when I was willing myself into it by trying to use just physical force, like my time and my body, like, most of you probably know, like I tried that for two months when we were starting to pay off debt and I worked myself into shingles. Like I got shingles at the ripe age of 26 from overworking. So it didn't work out for me just to like the sheer brute strength to increase my income. But when I started to familiarize myself with other people that were making more money than me, then I started to see like, oh, this person has... And then, then, I, then I got to meet these people. And I was like, these people are not more special than I am. Mm. They are not more educated. They are not more talented. They don't work longer. They don't work harder. Mm-hmm. But they have found a way to make more mm-hmm. by simply getting creative and believing, A, they are worth more. Mm-hmm. And that there is more to be made, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. in their selected profession. For, mm-hmm. for me, I was making $35,000 a year and I was an acupuncturist and that's not a lucrative job. And I took a lot of investment in yourself. I mean, that's the equivalent of a master's degree that you have to do that. I did. Yeah. I got a master's degree and that was the debt I paid off. And I, like a lot of other people that I'm sure got master's degrees for fields that did not give them the pay increase they thought they were going to get. And so I did that. But then I realized like I had hit the cap for what I was going to make with acupuncture. And so it was 
a super difficult decision, but I decided to leave the industry to pursue a career in writing that I saw could be much more Mm -hmm. lucrative. So it provided a small income jump initially, but I knew the room for income, the ceiling was a lot higher. And in some cases, for some people, Mm -hmm. no ceiling. But that was a really hard decision. And so now I'm su- I su- very much advocate for people not staying in the jobs that they are in. That if you want to raise your income and you don't want to work a side hustle, then look for another mm-hmm. job in the same field, whatever, mm-hmm. maybe a different city, maybe the same city that pays more because raises are hard to come by. I was getting a 3% raise every year My at the clinic. My boss was amazing and consistent with that. But 3% every year was only going to keep up with inflation. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to, I was at the point where I was like, I know people are doing this and I know I can do it. And I'm, I feel like I've hit the ceiling and that was me. Like it was really hard to leave something that I loved, but I was able to find something I loved even more. And honestly, when I quit, I didn't know, (laughs) I wasn't confident that I was going to like writing full time. I knew Mm -hmm. I liked writing um, on the side, but I was like, I could hate this. I could start doing it full time and hate it. Yeah. But I needed to take that risk and just see so that I wasn't wondering what if. Well, and I want to highlight for you too, because yeah, it's kind of different sides of a similar coin that you did leave your career, but that didn't mean that you left it just to make money. Right. You left it for also something that you enjoy and that helps people, mm-hmm. that you are encouraging others in their finances, showing people what's possible, giving tools, equipping others. So. While I say you don't have to leave your field if you love it to make more money, it is also possible that maybe you're a multifaceted person and you have more than one interest and you can pursue something else Mm -hmm. that might be a bit more lucrative for you. And yes, I will acknowledge this can take time. You know, I talked about how I made... 18,000, both my husband and I, so this is jointly, we made (laughs) $18,000 take home in 2018. And that was partly the sacrifice and the investment that we made so that I could equip myself. So this is not going to be like snap your fingers and jump to stage 15. There are going to be steps that we have to take and sacrifices we make along the way, but consider what your options are and consider shifting your mindset to think outside of the box that I don't have to stay in this place. Or if I do want to stay in the field I'm in and I'm only getting incremental salary increases, maybe consider moving to a different location or practice or business doing a similar thing, but you're more likely to increase your pay exponentially switching companies than staying with the same one and just taking the standard pay increase every year. So there's lots of different things to consider there, but ultimately thinking outside the box creativity, equipping yourself, considering location change, considering field change. Yeah. All of these things can help us when we're on low incomes. Yeah. And two more things I want to say. The first is if you keep hearing suggestions over and over and over again Mm -hmm. about how to lower your expenses and increase your income, and to every suggestion you say, I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm not willing to do that. And to the point where you say, I just can't get any useful information out of anybody, then you have to start to re-examine, like, is it the people giving you the recommendations or is it your unwillingness to change for a season? Mm. Um, So that's like a hard 
realization. It's a hard thing. Yeah. yeah. You have to be willing to do things that you don't want to do for a period of time in order to better your life. Mm-hmm. And then... Because there is no magic. Like there's no yeah, magic no, there's wand none. that any one of us can Mm-mm. give to any person who's making $18,000 a year. It doesn't exist. It doesn't. Other than in saying what needs to happen to move forward from this place. Yeah. And then one last thing on my story. So I think when I recommend people switch their jobs, they're like, oh, but the job you know, market is so volatile. What if I lose that job? Like I'm in a really safe job right now. I will say from experience, yeah, it's possible you lose your job. I got fired from that writing job a year after I took it mm. and which forced me into entrepreneurship. You got, you got laid off. <laughs> I oh, fired you for having a, yeah. They had a mass layoff. <laughs> I was one of 45 people laid off. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know what you do so bad as a writer that you would get fired, but Um, at a personal finance website. But yeah, and I lost it. And I took the skills that I had gotten from that job and implemented them immediately to start working for myself. Mm -hmm. So like there are very few reasons why anything is a bad idea, like any of these recommendations. Yes, there could always be a downside to doing one, but there's always an upside. I may have never gone full-time into my business had I not been laid off. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I always wanted to, but I may not have had the courage to. And I'm not saying like everybody has to be self-employed. That is not the path for everyone. But there are jobs out there. They do pay more. They are not finite. They are Mm-hmm. They are out there. And more and more, you know, one of the silver linings of this pandemic is how many companies have moved to online remote work. Mm-hmm. So that whole avenue, I think, is opening up more and more where people might be able to switch jobs more easily because spots that maybe aren't super local to you are starting to open up. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. Opportunities. There it was. Well, we hope we hope you found that helpful as many of our listeners did two years ago when it played. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening to it. Yeah. If you are, if this is helpful and you're thinking, I want more, are there additional ways to plug in and really find the community that's going to help keep me on track with some of the things that we just talked about in this episode? We do have a membership for our listeners, many of whom are in their own debt payoff journey, but lots of different financial goals happening amongst our membership and the people in there. We will do monthly money challenges. We offer a accountability group. So that's that community piece that's very focused and specific on some of the various financial goals that are happening. And we want to congratulate one of our members for a big win. This is an example of some of the stuff that's happening in the membership. This came from Corey Kay and says, next steps are approaching with a couple of emojis. Just scheduled my last auto manual payment for one of my student loans. It doesn't seem real. My next goal is when I get my tax returns back to pay off the other loan. And all I have left is my largest federal loan. The extra 100 a week I was paying toward this loan will go into high yield savings account to start my emergency fund for three months of income to cover my responsibilities. This will take about a year or so. 
Well done, Corey. Yay. Just slice it and dice in some goals here. I love it. We do talk about high yield savings accounts. They're an awesome resource. Check out CIT. It's the one that we're loving right now. Frugalfriendspodcast.com slash CIT. And also check out the membership. If this sounds like, you know, you want to be one of these people experiencing these wins, lots of stuff happening. Yeah. If you don't have people in your life that are supporting you, there are people on the internet around to support you. And we are just conduits bringing them together. They are there for each other, not necessarily us. So it's a it's a beautiful group of people. So yeah, definitely join us in there, frugalfriendspodcast.com slash club. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. I guess we're at a loss for words for uh mm-hmm. for this after show. We just spent a like a good hard forty five seconds staring at each other. I love that. Um, that's yeah. what I, I think that's what we needed was to stare yeah. into each other's eyes and I've reflect on I've low been, income. I've just been rewarded with forty five seconds of uninterrupted eye contact from you and <laughs> I uninterrupted computer eye contact. Does that mm-hmm. count? Yeah. That does. That's that's really great. Well, staring at you with the new mics, Eric said that we received feedback from oh our editor Christian that maybe we should stay more hydrated while we record because we have a lot of mouth sounds. I'm so sorry, Christian. For <laughs> I just all just made a mouth sound. The smacking. He's probably right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So here I am. Water bottle and coffee. It's probably the coffee's yeah. working against the you water. Are double fisting, yeah. Yeah. We uh we often get asked about the logistics of podcasting. And I'm very excited for our fifth anniversary episode. We're gonna talk a little bit about podcasting, but uh we know nothing about audio. We are the worst. And I think mouth sounds are so gross. So I I feel for these audio (laughs) editors who are listening to the smacking and the the gulps. I mean, microphones pick up what you wouldn't actually hear sitting next to somebody. All the like mouth sounds. Yeah, Mouth, mouth sounds. So, okay. Mouth sounds. If you didn't notice mouth sounds throughout the episode, you have Christian to thank for that. Thank you, Christian. For dealing with all of the mouth sounds. I hope that they're not like nails on a chalkboard for you. Christian listens to our mouth sounds so you don't have to. (laughs) And, And today we're, today is for Christian. Today we're celebrating Christian. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and the one he's taking for the team. Thank you, Christian. Thank you. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 